Welcome back to Creators Dementia Season 2 and with me today I have a very special person so just wait till after the music cues and you will get to find out awesome things about this author. Welcome back to Creators Dementia Season 2. I am Bradley and I am here with the coolest, most awesomest, most famous person in my eyes. Dana Woods, a.k.a. the Lady of the Woods. Dana, go ahead and introduce yourself. Dana, um, I have been a writer my entire life. Uh, I currently am a mom of three children, which means that writing is not as frequent as it was when I was an angsty teenager and needed to get all of my emotions out. Uh, I work in an Amazon facility overnight, and so that takes a lot of my creative time as well because jobs and stuff and y'all should be grateful because she woke up after a third shift just to do this so if you don't like this episode then it sucks to be you because this is going to be a very fun one all right so oh i got dust all over my stuff trying to clean it off i ran out of air Ugh. all right so besides working at amazon of course being the what it uh are you supervisor now? Of some yes. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. I supervise all the people on my floor and uh, take care of all of their needs. And I am constantly told that I am amazing with my people because nobody else does the job quite like I do. There we go. And I'm like, if you guys would take care of your people, everybody would love you too. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not hard. Just love people and take care of them. Yeah, apparently that's just hard to hard for most people to do these days. It's it sucks. Don't understand. No, I don't understand that. They're all out for number one, and unfortunately, number one is themselves instead of other people, like it's supposed to be. And see, I am number one because I take care of my people first, and then I talk about like what's your rate production and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, not a lot of people have that mindset, which causes what we have now is a low production of workforce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so for those that's actually listening on Podbean, Spotify, or any other audio, uh, of course, they're not going to be able to see. They'll just be able to hear. So what the people on YouTube are going to see, as well as what I'm seeing right now, Dana is in full-blown cosplay, which is awesome. So, Dana, go ahead and tell the people that's just listening instead of watching what you're wearing and what the create uh, the character is that you have portrayed to everybody out there. Steampunk elf. Um, I don't really have a person a character that goes with the steampunk elf. I've got my pointed ears on. I have a brown corset, and uh, my shirt kind of has like um, extra flowy sleeves so that I have like the elf look going on with my ears. Um, I started dressing up uh, in steampunk cosplay just to go to the grocery store when they shut down everything during 2020, right? <laughs> and so I was like, they can lock us up at home, but they can't take away our spirit. And so I went to the grocery store in steampunk apocalypse because I was going to have fun. And we were living through a plague. And I was like, what better time to cosplay for a plague than when you're living in one? And so that's kind of when the steampunk elf started to come around. And 
Um, I've loved doing it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when uh, when I was trying to find a picture on your Facebook to advertise this episode, <clears throat> of course, I picked one with you in the elf ears. Yeah. And Mary goes, of course, if some of you don't know, Mary is my wife. I always just say my wife. But Mary goes, is she going to wear the elf ears for the podcast? And I said, well, I'm going to ask. And she said, yes. She said, because she pulls those <laughs> off so well, it's ridiculous. Oh, I tell her thank you. That's very sweet of her. I was messaging her before I got on here, and she says, so you about to do the interview? And I said, yeah. And she goes, is Dana going to wear the, the elf ears? I said, she's supposed to. She's going to pick out a pair. She goes, yay. Yeah. <laughs> She'll get to see them when she sees the video. <laughs> uh, don't, do you have a pair that's actually pierced? I do not. Okay. Someone. Okay, it must be somebody else. I think that'd be pretty cool just to pierce the top of them. Yeah, no, it would be. Um, I even asked a plastic surgeon once what it, it was like to get them actually pointed. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't mess with your ears. People all the time come and get ears that look like yours. So mm. your ears are perfect. Don't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, I won't. All right, cool. I'll just occasionally glue some ears to myself. Yeah. Well, okay, so these are made out of latex, all right? I'm allergic to latex. I'm severely allergic to latex. So I was wearing them at work the other day, which is where you got that picture because I had mm-hmm. them on at work. Um, and the back of my ears by, you know, midway through the night are just burning and I feel like they're red. And I was like, I need to take these off now. <laughs> I can wear them for short periods, but I can't wear them for long periods. So I need to find a pair that's not made of latex. <laughs> Is is there any type of coating you could actually put on the ears where the latex does not touch your skin? About that, I'm trying to figure that out. But see, latex is hard to cover because mm. stuff peels off of it, mm. and so I don't know what I would use. I'll have to figure it out, but I will eventually. <laughs> Get some rubber cement and just kind of coat it. There we go. That would be a good. Idea. <laughs> it just might become a little heavier to put on your ears, though. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> if I just come out of the back part where it touches my ear, yeah. it'd be okay. See, I, I'd, I'd pull out my elf ears, but I got my headphones on so that way I could hear everything. I was going to join uh, you yeah. I was gonna join you with it. I was like, well, that ain't really going to work. <laughs> so I just <laughs> brought my steampunk goggles out. Yeah. They're very nice. <sighs> they're like I said, we got the same pair. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get like a whole bunch of them for a deal on Amazon? thought about doing that but they weren't going to show up in time and mm. so no i did not i just bought these see i've got like a copper a like a very red tinted pure black pure silver and then when i got my top hat it came with another silver pair of goggles so i've got like six or so in my kids's room on top of the their tv shelf nice. so many goggles that's a lot of goggles mm-hmm. i just said I like the bronze ones personally. I do too. Like the like, I just love the detail they got in them. Yeah, they're really nice. Like they're, I know they're plastic, but you you can't even tell they're still so. <laughs> <laughs> so besides working at Amazon and being a full time mom and being an awesome friend to, of course, me and Lori, most the uh, two other most important people besides your kids in your life. <laughs> 
<laughs> you are also, of course, the admin, uh, one of the admins for the Phoenix Quill, which is our writing group that we are in and that we try to inspire people to continue writing with their dreams and stuff like that. So to, uh, I know I, I don't think I actually sent you this question beforehand, but I just want you to tell people exactly why uh, the Phoenix Quill was a priority for you really long story and so i'm going to give you the short version that works short version <laughs> is <laughs> um this group of people has many of the people have been together for several years because we all started out in another group together um and i wanted to um keep the spirit of you guys are awesome and amazing alive and continue to encourage people and to build people up and to grow people up and um, I wanted to have a fun atmosphere and environment. And so when the original group that we came out of was created, um, I wanted to help like lead in a way that was um, strong and good. And um, I wanted to create an environment that was going to be healthy for people to like grow in. Um, and so the way that I lead at work where I'm, you know, constantly building people up for greater things is exactly the same way that I lead in, um, the Phoenix quote, where I want to grow everybody up for greater things. And I have vision for people to like be awesome and stuff like that. So. See, that, that, that was one of the reasons why when you asked me to become an admin for the new section, I was like, well, heck yeah. I said, cause I mean, it's a family. I mean, it is honestly, I mean, I know we got a lot of stragglers, but I mean, I know a lot of people are either shy or confused about exactly what they want to do when it comes to writing and all that fun stuff. But, you know, the ones that do participate, besides the ones that's left, um, it's, I don't know, it's, like I said, it just feels like a whole nother family. And that's why when Tales from Quillandia came out, and we will get to that, um, when it was offered and came out, you know, I was... I'd like to say I was one of the most excited people on this earth when as when it officially was out there for everybody to have. I'm sorry. It went silent. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my many children. <laughs> one of the many. We're starting we're starting a zombie apocalypse group. Yes. I've got four okay, no. and Dana's got how many? I have three. <laughs> See? We're almost there. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to repeat what you said though, because I didn't hear it, and it sounded like it was really good. And heartfelt, <laughs> heartwarming. Yeah. I was just saying how, like you know, the the Phoenix Quill is literally an actual family, and when yes. the Tales from Quillandia came about, and you know, everybody was pitching in and putting in stories. I think I was like one of the most. I'd like to think I was one of the most excited people for the book because it's just I don't know. It was it was every every story in there. It just, it felt like home. It does. It really does. Like, it's ridiculous. I never thought I could, you know, besides my own stuff, I never thought I could get that from another book. And then I saw all our entire, well, not the entire family, but, you know, the ones that are really outgoing and they put all that, all their stories in that book. I was just like, oh, I love it. It was, it was just ridiculous. But yes, I know I've ramshacked you with that question, but, uh, I'll actually get to the list. <laughs> so I'm going to start with, so tell everybody, why do you go by Lady of the Woods? All right. So 
I have always loved the forests and the, the woods and getting lost in them. And I have always loved hey, and fantasy and um, all things outdoorsy. Um, and so becoming the Lady of the Woods was um, based on how much I love to be out in nature and just walk through the forest and imagine that I am um, the queen kind of of like this fae fantasy world and all of the leaves come to life all the flowers come to life like it's it's a magical experience to yeah. just go outside and take a walk in the woods it, it really is like if you get so stressed or you know have that high tense of anxiety when you either just got home from work or just wrote, woke up wrong you could literally go outside barefoot step in the grass and it feels like all the energy just gets pulled from you yeah I I never understood why, but that's why I don't go barefoot often. But if I do yeah. get that way, I will go outside off my front porch and just stand in the grass for about two minutes. Yeah, it's a really grounding experience, and it just helps. For a creative, it really helps to just kind of connect with all of the... This is going to sound the way it's going to sound, but take it. <laughs> it helps just do it. It's okay. <laughs> with all of the energy around you that is outside and I don't know it's it's really just refreshing oh I saw another zombie apocalypse member there's another one yeah I saw it <laughs> the little minion has woken up from her nap I want a nap as, as adults we're, we're frowned upon when we take naps it's sad well see I sleep all day anyway so <laughs> <laughs> you get the, the good nap I get the good. Yes. <laughs> so, what inspired you to become a writer? Oh, I grew up on the Hobbit cartoon, and that was one of the most magical, exciting things that I ever knew of in my entire life, and I would watch it over and over and over again, and Bilbo Baggins would get uh, visited by Gandalf, and all of these little dwarves would show up, and they would sing about this lonely mountain and these really enchanting voices and um and uh then they'd go off on this adventure and i was like i really love this and i want to know more about this uh i knew i was a writer when my little brother had a favorite book and i didn't know what to do for him for his birthday so i'm like seven or eight years old i don't remember and i wrote him his favorite book and drew like little illustrations and gave it to him for his birthday so I've always been writing, but um, the thing that really, really, really inspired me to set out on the journey of writing was most definitely The Lord of the Rings. And that's cliche to say because everybody, everybody starts with Lord of the Rings when they go into fantasy, right? Oh, yeah. um, but that's because it's the, it's the godfather of fantasy. Right. It really I mean, is. If it's true, it's true. Ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> that in Narnia I've just I love all things fantasy because this world sucks it really does yeah and um, it's easier for me to make stuff up and um, use my imagination I like to call myself Anne Shirley in the flesh <laughs> like, I've had friends go yeah yep, that's that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, there goes Anne Shirley 
Yeah. We, we know it. it. It's fine. You know what? There she is. <laughs> Reincarnated um, right there. <laughs> so I, I love, I just love to get lost in my imagination and I, figuring out how to get that onto the page is yeah. why I write. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of getting words on the page, we are going to go ahead and address because I'm anticipating this book, Dana. Lady of the Woods, I need this book. Just like uh, Larry's book, Fates. I need that one, and I need yours. So tell me about The Dragon Child. Stick about The Dragon Child online, because it is not published yet. Right. And um, it's a market that I want to corner. I am putting fantasy and steampunk in the same world hmm. in a happy, shiny kind of way. As opposed to how Amazon did the one where steampunk and dark fantasy is all together mm. in their show. I don't remember what it's called. It's carnival. Something about a carnival. I don't remember. Um, but I want I want to... Carnival integrate... Row. Yes, that. Yes. Carnival Row. Yes. I want to integrate light fantasy, lighter fantasy, um, and steampunk into the same world and so i have this alchemist character who uh gets he just wants to open his store okay that's all he wants that's that's his dream is to run his little shop in this little village that he lives in and not have a huge exciting life but he gets dropped with this um poor helpless little being and ends up going across the world to uh hit he learned most of his magic from a dragon so he goes to this dragon to ask her what he should do with this poor little being and his life is basically changed forever <laughs> <laughs> so um it's it's really fun and a growing journey for him i'm trying to make sure that you see that i have airship pirates I have dragons, I have dirigibles, I have magic, I have... Um, I'm going to incorporate other fantasy characters into it at some point. So, I don't know, maybe on another uh, continent there are steampunk elves. But, <laughs> but yeah, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> so, um, this world is a lot of fun. Uh, let's see, left off, dragon stuff, fantasy characters. I think that's it. Um, so originally it was going to be a standalone novella, novella, sorry, novella. novella. <laughs> and then um, all of a sudden one of the other characters that shows up in the story, um, he's a really unique character and I like him a lot. Um, and so um, one of the other characters that shows up in The Dragon Child is, um, I have these half-breed characters from Dragon to Human. Um, and they're called the Dragonborn, um, and runs a store in one of the other towns that they go to visit. And their city, their town, has uh, an exposition every year where they uh, all the wonders of the world come. You know, like the, the, the great state fair in St. Louis where everybody would come from all the way around the world to go to this great big giant exposition. There's one of those in my little steampunk world. Um, and he is an inventor. Instead of using magic, he wants to like create with the mechanical and stuff. 
And so, um, and then he like enchants little things and he, he just likes creating rather than just using magic because he can. And, uh, he is going to get his own little story where he, um, shows off at the exposition. So, so big question. When do you yes. plan to have this out? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the editing stages right now. And because I work four nights a week, that makes it difficult to yeah. like full time edit. I do have my manuscript right here with my map. Mm. Like I printed mm. it out, put it together. And mm. I'm on page <laughs> thirty nine of ninety three something like that going back through my edits so mm -hmm. it is but it has been a slower process because i was working on maps for a client mm -hmm. and i felt like when i had work lingering over my head i couldn't do my own stuff yeah and so i finally got his out of the way and now i'm working on editing my book um and i really do want to have it out <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure we all do i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've only been advertising yeah. it since I started writing it yeah. in twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean yeah. when when you showed me and Lori like a a proof of your cover, it was yeah. just like oh oh hurry. I must have that. I must yeah. have it. <laughs> I love that cover by the way too. And yes. I'm really I'm really thinking I'm going to go ahead and use it. Mm -hmm. Um that was the first time I'd ever painted a dragon, yeah. and the, she looks beautiful. She looks amazing. Mm -hmm. It's all the characters in the airship that you know are not quite what they should look like. Right, but... I keep editing that. But I am a huge fan of having a scene from the cover or a scene from the book on the cover. Mm -hmm. Like that is what I want, and so that is a scene from the book. Yeah, and I want it on the cover. <laughs> See, that's it's a lot like on. My second book, you know, I took that picture, and it's basically a scene in that book. And it, but so I agree, it's it's just awesome to have just a little bit of your story. As soon as someone picks it up, they're like, oh, "Okay, so I wonder where this is at." Just makes it even better. Right. So, I first fell in love with that concept when I was reading the Lord of the Rings books because my dad has the box set. It's got the green, the blue, the yellow, and mm. the red book. Okay, mm -hmm. and so each of them have a picture of the cover on the front of them. So the Lord of the the Fellowship of the Ring has the Mines of Moria, like the door on the front of it. The Two Towers has probably the Tower of Isengard on the front of it. I think it was, and then the third book has the 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 statue in the forest with the trefoil growing around the mm -hmm. head of the king um, on the front of that. Hmm. Book. Hmm. And so I was like, I want to know where all these are from. And so you read through, and then you're like, oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> so, yes, that is one thing I forgot to mention when advertising you to Facebook and everybody, as well as introducing the episode, that you are a map maker. And I do map not. Map maker. Yes, a map maker, a map creator, a world creator. I just, I don't. I, I, my bad. Because, <laughs> I mean, the map on the Tales from Quillandia, holy crap. Thank like, you. I mean, I made it, of course, I know I, you know, put it on a bookmark, and 
course, I still got some of them, but every time I go over there to my bookshelf behind me and I pick up that bookmark, and I'm like, oh my god, it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, the maps made it in the book because Tyler asked me specifically for them. Yes. He's like, Dana, you have to make a map. And I was yes. like, okay. Yes. So I, did. I love the I map. map. <laughs> like, I, I wish, I wish I could map, like you know, develop a map, but I know I can't. So, okay. kudos. Okay. <laughs> but yes, Dana's map making abilities. I've not ever seen it unless it was in a D&D book. It is remarkable. Thank oh you. my God. <laughs> you can have a link to my page so other people can find me. <laughs> yes, yes. When all this is over, make sure you can, of course, send it to me on Discord or Facebook. I mean, it doesn't matter. But yeah, yes, I will put it. I will put it in the description of the episodes. That way people, if they want to look at your maps or need you to develop them a map, boom, there we go. Yep. 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 <laughs> so, besides the dragon child, which yeah. we are we are all anticipating, yeah. uh, how did you come about creating your story for Tales from Quilindia? Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, actually, my story came about from a roleplay session that we had. So, my story came about through a roleplay session that we had um, in the middle of an evening on a Friday night, I think it was. We started our... There's nobody in there, too. We started our, um, our group up for the anthology, and then... There were a lot of people that were struggling with inspiration, and I was struggling a little bit with inspiration. I started three different stories, but none of them wanted to go anywhere. So my story came about in a roleplay session um, because we were trying to find inspiration. And Tiffany um, said something about mandrakes. <laughs> mm, yep. And I was like, oh, you should have met them to karaoke night. <laughs> yep. like, yeah, that's a great idea. And, um, from there, I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to write about. And so that's how the story about, like, this this singing mandrake in the the mountains came to be. <laughs> and um, they wanted Tiffany, or the, the nether fae wanted Tiffany because she smelled good. And <laughs> um, they were going to eat her. And so that that's where that came from yeah. was a role play session <laughs> and after i knew what i was using for the story the rest of it fell in place and i picked out different characters i was going to use and i asked that person directly what they would have done in the situation and so when kelly is like i would do it like this <laughs> i wrote it exactly the way that kelly said he was going to do it because he's our farmer and mm -hmm. getting rid of a mandrake is something a farmer would do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how that all came about mm. and it was it was a lot of fun to put together um using uh the each person in their mm -hmm. specific character to bring them together yeah i th when when i put my story in it that was the one thing i tried to do was at least mention everybody once and that was actually kind of difficult yeah it, it is <laughs> It was. That's why I was like, oh, look, a karaoke moment. We'll just have everybody at the brew and <laughs> yeah. get together to have this moment at the brew. So, uh, all right. So now uh, I want to ask you if you, like, what is your most interesting writing quirk that you developed ever since you started writing? That my use of the English language 
makes my fantasy stories sound like Jane Austen novels. <laughs> I'm very proper about how I use my English. I feel like elves should have proper English. And so because of how I write their sentences mm. and because of how I um, work to ensure that they use, you know, correct language mm -hmm. and a higher kind of oh, yeah. like intelligence. Uh, my my high fantasy reads like Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, okay, I guess that's a thing. Uh, but I grew up on black and white movies, and uh, I love Jane Austen, and I love period films, and yeah. um, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who uh, who wrote the Scarlet Letter? Uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. So a friend of mine said that my first book reminded them of that author. Okay. I didn't know if I could take it as a compliment or not because it was like because they said I started off with detail and then I just kind of went flatline with detail, just like he does okay. in the Scarlet Letter. So I was like, yeah, eh, okay. I mean, thanks for comparing me to a a world known author, but now I kind of feel bad because you didn't get the detail I wanted you to. <laughs> Right, right. But I've done um, that. That's another thing that I like to have in my stories is energy. Mm -hmm. So even when I have something really dark happen, I, I want to have good energy come out of like the next scene or whatever. Yeah. So, um, my characters regularly come in with some kind of comic relief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started, I was reading the Terry Goodkind um, sort of truth series and I picked up book 11 or 6 I think it may have been 5 or 6 and that's where I get 11 from uh, there's so <laughs> many of them I don't know which one I picked up and I write similarly to Terry Goodkind and how he tells his stories um, he has lots of character interaction mm -hmm. and like Robin Hobb and Ari Salvatore and um, there's a couple of other authors that just like tell all these, describe all these things that are happening but not like a lot of character act mm -hmm. interaction so Terry Goodkind is really, really good at his character interaction. I read the stories for the characters, and I need that. Uh, I had started reading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time book, the first one, and there were so many people introduced in the first scene that I couldn't sort out what was going on. I, I've <laughs> heard I about that, too. I did finish reading that. So um, that was the first experience that I got out of it. And so I like to have the balance of the characters and the balance of the description. Yeah. So. Yeah, I heard. Like they they did make the Will of Time movie, right? Is it on yes. Netflix? It's on Netflix or something like that, ain't it? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. They said that it is okay. They said the okay. book the book is most book at a you know a a book is usually better than the movie regardless most of the yes. time. But they said that they should have done the Will of Time so much better. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've not even read The Wheel of Time. I've heard good things and I've heard bad things, but like I'm a supernatural top reader, so yes, maybe I actually should dive into that just to expand my my horizons because I do read Stephen King, but okay. yeah, I but should probably Wheel look into it. Stephen King, you're not anything like. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. But I go from like my favorite Stephen King book is The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Not many people know that book. But I read it when I was in high school, and I just, it was just a straight-through read because I just I 
fell in love with the main character. She was awesome. And the fact that he mentioned the, the Coke Surge in it, and of course Surge disappeared for a long time, that just made it even better. But yeah, Stephen King and, of course, I read Robert Paulson. No, Gary Paulson. Robert Paulson's from Fighting Club. Fight Club. No. Gary Paulson, The Transall Saga. That's a good one, too. But yeah, I... I need to expand more. I'm, that's that's what I'm trying to say. I need to expand my my reading more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I understand. I'm one of those very picky people. I pick my people. I pick my books. I pick my like mm-hmm. entertainment, and then I kind of stick with those things. Right. You know, and so I don't I don't enjoy reading a ton of things. I don't enjoy watching a ton of things. Mm-hmm. I have I look for specific things, and those are what I enjoy having all the time. You know. Yep, just like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I if I could watch The Office from sunup to sundown, I would. Yeah. Mm. That that's your thing. Yes. Mine is Once Upon a Time. <laughs> See, I tried Once Upon a Time. The main actress, I don't know, she kind of got on my nerves, but the storyline is awesome. Yes. I should give it another shot. Okay, so my trouble with Once Upon a Time was the writers were pantsers. They had no idea what they were doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of things conflicted, but they'd have a really, really... The first season was awesome. Half of the next season was awesome. And then it was just kind of like a throw-off thing. Mm. They'd have a really, really good half season really like what are you doing half season mm. you know yeah so and then they ended up going to the underworld and the only reason why they did that was so they could use hades like <laughs> that's the only reason why they did that <laughs> and i'm just kind of like okay like, uh, yeah. okay yeah. So, nice segue <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I even tried to watch um grim that show it was good, but I just I couldn't get past like maybe the third episode because it just it just it was just a same repeat. Yeah. He's mad. He's sad. He's happy. He's mad. He's sad. He's happy. I was just I like, felt eh. like that with the Flash. Like the first season yeah. of the Flash was really good. The next season of the Flash was oh my gosh the same storyline all over again. Yeah. And then the third one starts out with oh my gosh the same storyline all over again. I was like. I'm just going to stick to Arrow and watch yes. Arrow and see Flash when he shows up in the Arrowverse. Right. No. Yeah, and then they finally ended the Arrowverse. Flash okay. is gone. Yeah. Like, they, uh, I think Flash had its final season. So I think all it's right. all done now. It's all done. Yeah. All right. I heard that Arrow started getting politically correct. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's really sad because I really like Arrow. Yeah. But, um, you know, Steve- 2016. That was the year everything started getting Yeah, yeah. Got to watch what you say. Apparently, I don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I do love Arrow. Yeah, Stephen so Emil. Like I loved Green Arrow in Smallville. Justin Hartley, I thought he did fantastic. And then I know we're getting off topic, but oh well, it's Arrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we don't use this segment. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we will. Trust me, it's Arrow. But <laughs> when right. uh. When I heard that Stephen Emil was going to play Arrow in the whole its own series, I was like, "Well, why didn't they just bring Justin Hartley back? I don't even know who this guy is." And then I watched the first episode of Arrow, and I'm like, "Okay, I get it. <laughs> uh, He's good. 
He's good. That's good. <laughs> I love my men in green. I love yes. the Green Arrow. I love Robin Hood, and I love Loki. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Cannot go wrong with either one of them. No. No. <laughs> Okay, so we'll get back on topic, and then we'll play straight away again. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> so what is a new habit that you, uh, I'm trying to read my question from far away. Did you pick up any new habits when you decided to become a writer? There we go. Yeah, Probably. I know. It's toughy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I started writing hardcore when I was, like, 14. So, like, my entire personality now mm-hmm. is springing to life, you know, from when I was 14. Um, I've always loved acting. I've, I have been more of the kind of person that will, like, randomly burst out into song or randomly use a quote like Louis, i love lewis carroll and alice in wonderland alice in wonderland is my favorite favorite book okay and there is not a line that cannot be used from alice in wonderland for any situation at all in real life like so something will happen the other day we were walking up the road okay and i turned around and i looked at my middle daughter and i said well you walk a little faster said the whiting to the snail there's a porpoise behind us and he's treading on our tail but i sang it like in the version of alice in wonderland that has gene wilder miranda richardson yeah. and um you know all the big people martin yeah. short the the alice in wonderland version with all of the music and stuff and all the songs and the huge cats uh, and this lady got out of her car, and she smiled and laughed, and she goes, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of fun I love to have, and right. Lewis, there's nothing in life that Lewis Carroll doesn't have a quote for. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, if you honestly can, I, mean, <clears throat> I love when people get angry with musicals. They'll say, no one will ever break out in song in real life. No one breaks out and dances at random. Clearly, they've never met people like us. I mean, come, yes, I will, I will be at work, you know, just either if I'm in the deli, I'm flipping a burger or stocking shelves, and I'll start randomly singing. Musicals yeah. exist. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yes. And we're in an Amazon warehouse. There's all that room for your voice to just echo. Yes, the harmonics of a big old warehouse, like the bathroom where I work, it's just somebody will be in the stall. And if I'm in the bathroom, I will start randomly singing. I don't care that they're in there because just the the harmonics of that room. I'm just like, I love it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I was singing Phantom of the Opera songs going now. (laughs) I will break out some TLC. No scrubs. Yeah. (laughs) Last night I was singing the Wellerman. (laughs) See? Yeah. Clearly, people just don't know. They don't know how to have fun. They don't. <laughs> so, this is a question I like to ask anybody, any writer, any author, honestly, anybody that reads as well. I like to ask them this question because it's. I think this is a matter of opinion more than fact. So, what, what, in your opinion, what is the difference between an author and a writer? The difference between an author and a writer is whether or not you've been published. Okay. See, I've heard I've heard that, of course. And then I'm like in my opinion, 
I honestly believe there isn't a difference. Because I know some are called published author, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, and because if if you if you write a story, you are a write you know you're you're a writer obviously you know and if you create a book, you're an author. If you create a poem, you're an author of that poem or a writer of that poem. It's a matter of whether or not it's been published. To say that you're a published author is redundant. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yes but yes yeah, there's multiple opinions on that and i'm just like well hmm well okay i need to take off published author off my bios <laughs> i am an author who has published yes i am an author who has published books that nobody buys but i'm still excited <laughs> right this thing. it's mine i have these i brought these two out um, one of the other things I did after I became an admin in uh, our first origins group, well, our second origins group, technically, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I immediately was like, we need to publish an anthology. So I got on the ball to start um, an anthology project. We called it Den of Thieves, and so everybody has a story in here about a thief. Um, and I was going somewhere specific with that, but I don't remember where it was. <laughs> the mind of an author slash writer. Yeah, work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's what we do. <laughs> what were we just talking about redundance and yeah. publishing and stuff? <laughs> Welcome to Creator's Dementia, where we have no idea what the hell we're doing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. And yep. things. Oh well. And things. I Books have two things. other stories that I published in anthologies. Yeah. It was it was going somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> so, I'll listen to this later and go, oh, that was going with that. Now I remember. Yeah. You're going to have to like send me a message be like, hey, put this in the description. <laughs> remember that moment she wandered off and <laughs> so I, I know I didn't prepare this question beforehand, but I actually want to ask your opinion. Um, what do you think creator's dementia means? Not sure. <laughs> so I came up with the title because, you know, as a creator, I, I know you deal with this a lot, but, you know, we'll have our, uh, our success dreams, our failure dreams, our many voices in our heads, our, uh, go-to plans that we either fail or you know actually succeed in you know all the things that we plan out in our heads of the future we don't worry about the past because we're trying to get stuff out there but we don't exactly know where we're gonna go but we see ourselves going there creators dementia i was thinking more like dementia like forgetting all <laughs> that too yes because i d yes be that, that was a good segment. <laughs> be just be laying in bed. Be like, oh, that'd be an awesome idea for a story, but I got to go to sleep. I'll remember it tomorrow. No. 
No. No. <laughs> it's gone. You should have wrote it yeah. down in your bed. <laughs> yep. Yep. But we don't. <laughs> yep. It's part of that daydreaming. Yes. Do when you're at work, do you like I know if I'm at work I like picture zombie apocalypse scenarios. Like what would I do if I'm at work and you know, zombie apocalypse happens. When you're at work, where does your imagination take you? Like in a as you are in that building, like you know what I'm trying to say. Like what what would happen in, in that moment you were at work in that building, stuff like that. I would love to know this. And I have the answer for this. So, uh, when I first started working in the Amazon facility, I was just like, because we have the little bots, all right? I don't know if you've heard about the little mm -hmm. bots. Yes. But we have the little bots, you know, that move all the stuff around. And I would just watch them. And I was fascinated by them. I'm like, these are so amazing. They're so cool. Creating this fantasy world in my head mm -hmm. about this labyrinth. Okay, mm. and um, I wanted a story for it. So I've got this fantasy labyrinth in this place called a Amazia, or is it Amazonia? I don't remember. Mm. There, I'm trying to find something that's <laughs> not copyrighted that is obviously like Amazon's focused. Right. And then there, we have these individuals who only them are allowed to go out onto the floor to interact because the the little pods can't interact that little pods will hit people mm -hmm. if they are not set up you know to be able to yep. stop yep. <laughs> so there's that i'm waiting at my station for my pods to move again and this guy pokes his head around the corner and i wasn't even expecting him to be there and i was like oh look the dwarves in it now <laughs> that's just what my imagination mm. took with it um, when they scrape these giant shelving units across the cement floor, um, it makes like this cry of a, of a sad creature. And so now there's like this sad kind of like, or this, this creature trapped in the labyrinth in my head. Um, the conveyor systems everywhere turned into like a rock conveyor, not conveyor, but like slides mm -hmm. to take stuff down like you pour it down and it all like runs mm. where it needs to go to its um buckets or whatever so the the story that i started creating from my experience in amazon is called is a christmas story and um it's for the there's this uh terrible tragedy that happens during the season of peaks one day when i was at work we were shut down during Christmas season for several hours. And it's like a travesty to be shut down for that many hours during Christmas season because everybody needs all their Christmas presents on time, right? And we couldn't do anything because the wind was insane. So they were shut down in the middle of the night and then they opened up like 12 hours later. It was a really long time that my building was closed. <laughs> <laughs> nothing was going on nothing was coming in during christmas season so i was like all right so there's this horrible tragedy where all the magic is like gone during the season of peaks and so now we have this adventure story where these different characters who are my co-workers <laughs> having to go to restore the magic so that everything can go well for the season of peaks <laughs> hmm. so you yeah. get a lot more depth than i do 
I'm thinking about <laughs> what food I can store stow away and hide up on top of a cooler and wait for the zombies to run away. And you're like, I've got magic, bro. Don't even. <laughs> people, I look at people and I see werewolves. I see moles. I see dwarves. Mm. I see elves. Like, I, I create characters in my head based on, you know, my surroundings. See, now I'm envious because I would love to picture someone as an elf at work and be like, hmm, I wonder if you got a bow staff or a mace. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worked some, I worked, I worked some pretty nice-looking people, yeah. and so elves show up in my imagination. <laughs> what elves? High priest elves. Uh, elves. High elves. You know. Rogue elves. Rogue elves. There could be some rogue elves. <laughs> I'm going yeah. through. I'm going through my D and D playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but I do know about the whole robots thing. I worked at a, it's a company called Donnelly's when I was 18 and they had like, it was a, you put, they, they printed out magazines like the Oprah one and, uh, Maxim and all them and they put them together. But when you put them on a pallet and stick them over in a section, these robots would come out and pick them up and, you know, take them to get, uh, bonded. And actually one of them actually run over my foot and got it stuck between a pallet. So yeah, I know the I know all about the. Okay. <laughs> I don't oh. have any microphone either to have been able to use to make ah, my fine. voice sound closer either. Yeah, uh, I actually got an extra microphone here, but because I, I I'm hoping at some point I can get someone to just come here and join me, and then maybe kind of like how Tyler and Hannah do with uh between Lewis and Lovecraft. I I want more than just me talking on this because I know just one person talking the entire time, people kind of get bored. So I'm right. hoping at some point I can create this into a duet or just keep doing what I'm doing now. So that way maybe more people will be actually be interested. Yeah. But, so I've got two microphones. I just don't have the complete setup like all the other professional podcasters do. Yeah. Okay. So coming back from trailing away again. Um, <laughs> so what genre are you most intrigued by i think i've answered that question oh i know but <laughs> yeah. just in case just in case nobody <laughs> i'm really really big into fantasy <laughs> fantasy crossover with steampunk like it does not yeah. it doesn't get better than that because i mean no no I've, steampunk is a magical thing all of its own yes it is like i love steampunk i can't remember how i got into it but i got the steampunk bible and everything I love it. I love it. I think it was just for a cosplay idea is why I got into steampunk. I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was me. I probably wrote it. Honestly, it probably was. You and Eric Morrison. Yeah. Because, you know, he's all about steampunk. I love it. and he does really well. He really does, and I cannot wait. Spoiler alert. There's a Christmas story for tells for for Quillandia, just so y'all know. But uh, he's going to incorporate steampunk and Christmas. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to read it. Yes. Oh my goodness. Steampunk and Cool Manor will be lots of fun. Yes. <laughs> so, big question, and I know it's not me, and it's okay. I understand completely. 
Who is your favorite author? <laughs> My favorite author is um, Charles Dickens. So you went old school. I did. Mm. I love Charles Dickens. Okay. Like Christmas Carol, uh, David Copperfield, mm-hmm. Nicholas Nickleby. Yep. Great Expectations. I get it. I understand. Yes. Because yeah. that's when writing itself was its own poetry. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know what now, happened. <laughs> to be fair. David Copperfield, I stopped halfway through because I got really tired of mealy potatoes. Yeah. I was like, I'm done. I can't finish this book. Yeah. Yeah. Like with, with the Hunger Games, do not get me wrong. I love all three books. I've read all three books, and Suzanne Collins has a way with telling the story. But the constant focus, because you said potatoes, the constant focus about what was on the table for them to eat kind of got on my nerves yeah mentioning it over and over and yes over. oh my god like I, I get it it's a starving united states now and when there's good food in front of you you're going to pay attention to it but why mention every single taste of every single piece of food on that table like every time every time, every time. they sit down at the table they have a plate of food and it's just a constant run on of what it tastes like can't just say, oh, there's a turkey. No, you got to tell me exactly what it is, according to Suzanne Collins. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have enough money for just one turkey, so we have to put all the meat together. Yes. <laughs> it's a spam. <laughs> it's a spamarkey. Just a spam yeah. turkey. Spam turkey. I just saw a note on my desk, and it was... Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, my wife wrote lyrics to a song and it's just sitting on my desk it just kind of caught me off guard that's how much i pay attention i ain't telling how long it's been there just now saw it we've been talking for an hour yes yes it's (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so most this is one of the most important questions because this will say a lot about how you view things what is your favorite quote my favorite quote yes uh so it's mine. It's mine. My quote is this. Even better. Beware the words penned on a page, for who knows the peril one might fall into under the influence aroused by their own imagination. Mmm. Mmm. I felt that one. Mmm. I like it. Thank you. I like it. You, you need to put that on the first page of The Dragon Child. <laughs> that way, when I get your book, I can always have that quote. I could print it for you. Let's see. In there a frame. Go. Put it yes. on your wall. <laughs> Please. And put an awesome map with it. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow. We are almost through the entire list of questions. Already? We, we literally got two left. Yeah. Just two. Just two. Oh, nope, three. I skipped one. Okay. Found another one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, what type of advice would you give someone who is wanting to become a writer slash author? Okay. <sighs> Shut out all the noise, for Christ's sake, and just write. That's but, the advice. Because I watch all these people and all these writing groups ask all these questions, and they question, and they question, and they question, and they get all this advice, and I'm like, 
you are not them. They are not you. Just write. And after you've written and you've told the story that is in your head that only your voices know, then you can write successfully. I love the Christmas Carol movie where that just came out with Jim James McAvoy in the last couple of years. Um, because you get to see the struggle an author has with their characters. Mm-hmm. Because Scrooge shows up and he's just kind of like that nagging voice in his head. And he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do these things. You're going to make me like... That's how we talk to our characters, is the way that they portrayed it in this movie where Charles Dickens had to go back and visit all of his ghosts and relive, you know, pieces of his life in order to create the Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And um, I love watching that struggle happen on screen because that is what we go through. We have these characters that argue with us. We have these characters that are talking to us. I know an author who has way more interaction like with her characters online than she needs to. Um, and, uh, it's, that's the struggle that we have. My high fantasy series that I'm writing, um, my high prince sat down with me one day and we had this conversation about how he is sick and tired of doing the same story over and over and over and over and over again. And he just wants one of his own. Yep. (laughs) And if I were to tell somebody that way back in the 1800s, I would be in facility. (laughs) Crazy talk. But um, it's becoming more and more acceptable to say, yeah, no, I have characters in my head that I'm writing that I know that, like, they're real characters, yeah. and we talk with each other. Yes. Creator's so, dementia. <laughs> let your characters talk to you. Let the story happen. Quit asking if it's politically correct. Quit asking yeah. if you're like meeting cultural diversity standards quit seeing what the publishing companies want because you know the readers are not the publishers the readers are not the writers Mm -hmm. the readers there's going to be an audience for your story no matter what you write or how you write it and frankly we're all tired of the political correct everybody is i hear my coworkers talk i hear people in public talking about it nobody's into this thing except the ones who are constantly on the media and on the mainstream media and paying attention to everything happening in media mm-hmm. those people aren't readers yep. obviously they're watching television right yep. for your readers <laughs> yep only have your character be part of the cancel culture or politically correct if that is how their persona is yes do not make your entire book fitting for the media that'll just yeah. ruin that'll take you out of writing completely because you will be completely upset that you did not follow your heart and your mind and your characters. Yep. And you know what? Publishing companies are super picky and they might not pick you anyway. So write with that and self-publish it and market your heart out. Exactly. Self-publishing. Yes, you might be able to get better book deals with an agent or a publisher, but it is a one in a million chance that they'll even recognize your t- your book that way. So it's always, in my opinion, it is better to self-publish because you can do what you want. Yes. You With ha- the reason, you know, your editor will help you, your beta readers will help you. Right. And then the people who love you will be honest, mm-hmm. and they'll say, this is perfect. Yes. Or they'll say, this sucks. Please try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fix this before you put it out there right now. <laughs> 
Right yeah. now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, like like you said, no one gives two craps about political correctness or the cancel culture unless they are completely involved in it themselves. So do not yeah. worry about it. And they're already picky and looking for stuff specifically. Right. So if you're not writing in their specific genres, don't do it. Right. Yeah. Unless that is your actual audience, go for it. Sure, why not? That's that's your thing. But yeah, yeah. do not follow it. Yeah. Mm -mm. Just write. Just, just yes. Write. Just write. Just get your imagination on that paper and make yourself and the world happy. <laughs> yep. So, switching from the writing aspect, and because we both do love doing this, what got you into cosplay? Plague. The plague. Before that. <laughs> of course the plague. I got the plague doctor mask in the back. Yes, <laughs> I have one too. Mm. Um, no, uh, cosplays. I love dressing up in costume for no reason. I've been an actress my whole life. The first time I actually dressed up in costume to do something was for a uh, church event. We were having like a talent show. And so I created this Egyptian costume, spray dyed my hair black and uh, quoted my a, my poem that I had written. It was my first poem I ever wrote, and I wrote it after I watched The Prince of Egypt in the movie theater. Mm. I just dated myself. Mm. <laughs> mm. I saw The Prince of Egypt in the movie theater, guys, <laughs> a long, long time ago. Um, I'm right there with you. It's okay. So I quoted the poem in my costume. I wore my costume for a little bit while I was still able to as, you know, a child. An older child. <laughs> <laughs> Until I grew out of it. <laughs> um, which happened really fast because <laughs> I was young. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I just, I love, I love dressing up. I dressed up as a gypsy for many years when I was a child. So my fantasy influence has always been there and always taken me away to magical places. I was very into gypsies for a very long time. The Hunchback of Notre Dame was my favorite movie. Um, I love Esmeralda. As it I'm should be. Yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> it is a classic. It's a classic. Yes. It's, the book is hard to read. I tried to read the book. I just, I can't. I, I can read other French novels. I read The Phantom of the Opera before I saw the musical. Mm -hmm. I did. Because I was very interested in knowing what happened. So I read the book. Yeah. The musical is like the book, but not. I've never read the book, <laughs> so I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm. it's really fascinating. I enjoyed that. Um, I read that. I read... I don't remember what. But I was reading the books and seeing the movies. Um, or reading the books before I saw the movies. My best friend started me in that because she wouldn't let me watch the Lord of the Rings series with her until mm. after I'd read the book. Mm. And let me tell you, it took me three months to get from The Shire to Rivendell because <laughs> it's just so much. The trees. So much. The trees, the trees eating the hobbits, Tom Bombadil, and then Tom Bombadil shows up again. I have nothing against Tom Bombadil. He's okay, but he just fit with the rest of the story. Yeah. So when they got rid of him in the movies, that made sense to me. Yeah. But, but my favorite character is Glorfindel. They gave all of Glorfindel's parts to Arwen. I was very mad. Mm. 
because Glorfindel rescues the hobbits from Weathertop, not Arwen. Hmm. Yeah, so after they, like, are going off and Aragorn's taking care of them, Glorfindel shows up. And Glorfindel's, like, Elrond's best friend. Get Elrond's best friend out of the movies. (laughs) (laughs) See, I... You know, and I feel bad for saying this, but I've not read one Tolkien book at all. Oh. I don't okay. have them, though. Okay. So. Also, an oh. Yeah. How can you be a writer about Tolkien? He's a yeah. staple. Like, my brother Scott, he was an avid reader when he was younger. Now he mostly just reads the Bible because he's a Sunday school teacher. But yeah. he had The Hobbit. He had... Uh, fellowship. I mean, he he didn't have them all, but he had most of Tolkien's books, and the one that he loved the most was The Hobbit. And I wanted to pick it up and I wanted to read it, but he would never let me have it because it was his book. Yes. So, and then I just I just never went and searched for him because I was like, well, if I can't read it now, why should I even try? <laughs> I've done that when my mom turned my books. That, I was homeschooled. Okay. So when my mom turned my um, when my mom turned my reading project into a book report, mm-hmm. I stopped reading it. So yeah. I have only gotten like a third of the way into the Scarlet Letter, and I really wanted to read that. But then my mom said I needed to write a book report on it, so I've never read the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. I know I need to. I know I should. I liked how it started. I was reading it out loud to my stuffed animals. <laughs> Like, I was enjoying the book. And then my mom said, oh, you should write a thing. And I was like, I'm not reading this anymore. So you ruined it. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Yeah, the only only reason I read Scarlet Letters is because it was a requirement in high school. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Scarlet Letter and then Schindler's List. Yeah, I haven't read that one either. Oh, my God. That book and the movie... Are both phenomenal. I know, I know the movie's yeah. good. And then I read The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, but I didn't see that movie. After I read the book, there's no way in heck I'm going to watch that movie. Right. I've actually watched the movie and not read the book. Okay. okay. It was in class we watched the movie. Yes, because it <laughs> came out back when, when we were in high school. You know? <laughs> yeah. Back in, <laughs> back in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, dating myself again. <laughs> oh, my. We, uh, we're, we're, we're moving up there. <laughs> I'll actually be 33 next month. We have age. Yes. Yes. In less than a month, I will be 33. I'm only a year ahead of you. Yeah. I don't know if I realized that. Yeah, that's why I was like, you know, I was right behind you. <laughs> you were right behind me. A year behind me. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I turned 30, wasn't a big deal. I was like, okay, cool. I made it for a whole nother decade. That is awesome. And then 31 hit, and I'm like, what's going on? 32 hit, and I'm like, crap. 33 is about to hit. I'm just going to shut down. The deal, okay? <laughs> I share my birthday with Bilbo and Frodo Baggins. Boom. Yeah, so Boom. when I turned 33, that was like a golden year for me yeah. because that is when hobbits come of age 
That's when the big birthday party happened. Frodo was turning 33. Bilbo was turning 111, right? Um, so that that was my big year. Yes. And I've, I enjoyed that. I've enjoyed that moment. I've enjoyed telling everybody I'm of age as a hobbit. And then they Google it. They're like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the best way to look at it. I mean, come on. <laughs> my birthday with Bilbo. Right. Like, I share my birthday with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, no, that's cool. Yeah. We're Virgos. That explains why you're such a deep thinker. That's right. <laughs> I will sit on a stoop and eat a muffin. I don't care. <laughs> I have a coworker who always shows up eating muffins. Mm. Like, every day. He's got a muffin at the beginning of shift. That is awesome. I'm like, you should bring me a muffin. Yes. I mean, come on. She shares a birthday with the Baggin clan. Bring her a Dago muffin. I'll make him watch this. <laughs> It'll be like a dinner. I saw your program. Yeah. It's like I listen to the podcast. You deserve a muffin. Here's your muffin. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I said we had another question, but basically we kind of already answered that one too. It was uh, what kind of cosplay do you do? And you're, and you're wearing it. So, yeah, steampunk elf. So if yeah. you were... If you were to bring your steampunk elf cosplay into a story, since you know, since we already answered this question, I'm gonna ask you this one instead. If you could bring, okay. if you could bring this cosplay into a story, what would be the name? Uh, what kind of world would they live in? I mean, it's pretty obvious, but you know. And also, would they have a love interest? Oh, there would definitely be a love interest. My love interest. I should not say that. I'm not going to say that. Mm. <laughs> oh, snap. I almost said it. I'm not going to say it. Um, it, There would definitely be a love interest. <laughs> I, think I, might know, I think I might know what kind of love interest that would be, but you know. I have a type. Yes, and, you do. Um, I need to not say that. Oh, <laughs> 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 my gosh. Um, so anyway, mm. yeah, there, there would be a and, uh, there would be charming and dashing and yeah. exciting. Um, and then it would be the steampunk world, obviously mm -hmm. there would be magic because I can't do anything without magic. Yeah. I really can't, which is why I can't write in the real world. Um, I have written in the real world world. Like I wrote short stories, mm -hmm. which is they're not right. as fun. Like, I have to use what I know, but I would rather make stuff up, you know? Yeah. So, I make stuff up. And her name, I really like the name Aethel, but... So, A-E-T-H-E-L. Okay. Um, that might be her name. And uh, I did try to start to write... You know, you've watched Onward, right? Yes, yes, I have. Okay. I tried to start a story about an elf in college who's going to medical school because she comes from a long family of healers, mm -hmm. right? And she is mm -hmm. really, really, really sick of the fact that the world is explored and there's nothing to see and there's nothing to do. And I'm like, I'm writing about me right now and I'm not interesting. And so I didn't feel like the story was interesting. 
<laughs> you are interesting. You're on this podcast. I'm on the not podcast. O- not only because you're my friend and you're awesome, but you are interesting. People need to oh. know this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm interesting. Mm. Like I, I don't. I, it's, real life is bland, and that's why I live in my imagination, right? Yeah. So. I mean, and that's one of the most interesting things about you. You can literally escape just with your mind. You you do not have to drive down the road to a a Starbucks to feel like you are getting away from the world. You can literally just sit on your couch and just be like, steampunk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's true. It is true. I can be in my Amazon facility and I'm making up this, like, magical world all around me. Yes. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I understand what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) You, and so you, you are in your is- you are in your own way a goddess that creates worlds. That is yeah. a very interesting thing. Thank you. Thank you. Um so the, another driveway. Oh <laughs> I will be right back because I don't know who this is. Okay. Intermission. We're good. They're using my driveway as a turnaround. Oh. <laughs> I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Get out of here. I don't like people that much. <laughs> and yet, I work in with the public, so yay me. I oh. do too. Don't you just love it? You know. <clears throat> okay. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I am an introvert. Okay. Why is it that when introverts literally have to do a job, we always end up in the public? Because, oh no! So when we went through the Enneagram study, um, I I am very solidly a four. All right, mm-hmm. I'm a creative. We all know that. Solidly a four. I lean into five for basically everything. But mm-hmm. at work, I am a three. Mm-hmm. I am all about like selling myself and being boisterous and being exciting and making sure that everybody's having a good time and is comfortable, all right? And so at work, I'm very much in that, that I need to play up who I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's exhausting. So when I come home, I'm all like, okay, now I'm in my little bubble Mm -hmm. and I can stay in my little bubble and nobody has to know anything about me. But at work, I'm a completely different person because I care about people. I want people to feel comfortable. I want them to stay. I want them to know that somebody is taking care of them and looking out for them. Um, I have a coworker who has joined another team, but the only reason why they did it was because they didn't want to work a certain day for our mandatory overtime. And so they come back to me and ask me for help because they know I'm going to help them. Like yeah. that is the kind of person I want to be. Um, and it's really, really hard to sell yourself every day. You know, and some days you're just like, I can't do this anymore. And then you know that you're a fraud because if they're going to be with you in in public, you're going to like be quiet and sit down. Awkward. And I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why we're together (laughs) in this moment talking. Yeah. I only talk to you at work. It's like, you know, right now we're having a conversation. We we have just kept going. So, you know, we have little moments of pauses, but, you know, that's that's just natural. It, my wife asked me the other day, we was driving. She said, 
why is it that when we're at home, you can talk, you know, we, we can talk about whatever, but when we're driving, you don't say a word. We just drive. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just I'm in my own bubble when I'm driving. I don't get it. Have me time. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. I can, like, the next town is called Glasgow. It's roughly 30 minutes away. I will drive with her in the truck all the way to Glasgow and not say a word. I get that. I understand what that is. That, that You're in your zone. You're in your moment. You're having mm -hmm. your, your time. Yes. Right? Even though she's there, you're having your time. Yes. And I am also, I'm also guilty of that kind <laughs> of stuff. Like in the car rides, on trips, family vacations and stuff. I was watching all the scenery. I should have been writing, but I was watching all the scenery go by, imagining all my elves playing in the forest as we're going. I can see bears through the trees. I can see deer and moose, and I'm watching. You know, when I lived in, in um, Amarillo, Texas, I would watch for prairie dogs to poke up out of the ground. Like I was so interested in everything going on around me. I would talk for a little bit, but then I just wanted to get lost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. it yeah. I, I feel... Mary, I understand that. I'm so sorry. And it's the thing. It's the real thing. Yes. Like, I feel like, you know, after certain minutes go by, I will feel bad because I'm not saying a word, but yet I don't have anything to say. So I fight with myself. I'm like, should I be talking right now? Because this is probably a boring car ride for her. And then I'll turn and I'll start to try to say something. Silence nothing i'm like hmm, maybe she'll talk in a minute <laughs> <laughs> so i'll just continue driving oh, God, that's so, funny. <laughs> <laughs> so mary if you've learned anything from this it's you need to start the conversation because yes. i will not it's sad <laughs> and i've tried to work on it i promise but it just doesn't happen <laughs> Funny. Uh, yeah, no, you're in your zone. Yeah. Need that moment. Yeah. <laughs> there, you know that little meme that's like, it's got the little character, the cartoon, it's got the little character in it, and she goes, okay, I'm ready. And she runs with her arms out, and she's screaming, and she runs all the way to the wall, and she comes back, and she's like, okay, I did it. <laughs> it's like, that yeah. is how an introvert feels in the workplace where you have to, like, sell yourself in a completely different place. <laughs> personality yep. you go out you touch the wall and you come back and you're like okay i did it the thing. yes i'm good now <laughs> I, and i just i walk the floors at work and i listen to all the things that my my associates say and how much they love to be on my team and how much they love to work with me and i'm just like i don't get it yeah. because i don't get it i'm just <laughs> you're like a human being why is that so great and then i mean i know why it is but yeah um, so, yeah. it's just, I, I don't know. I'm I, like, I'm not the person, I'm really not. Yeah. I, I, I've I'm only the person at work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've often wondered if that was just me. Because, I, like I said, I feel bad. But then, thank you. <laughs> thank yes. you. It's a part of who we are. Yes. We're those number fours yeah. that would rather be a five, but we... Lean into that three so that, yeah. you know, yep.
kind of like working in customer service. You have your customer service voice, you have your regular voice, and then you have your loving voice. Yeah. Mm. I hate <laughs> my face gets sore every day because of the smiles. I don't mind smiling, but I'm not a constant smiler, and I have to be when I'm in front of customers. My face hurts a lot. It sucks. Oh, man. Well, we did go through the entire list of questions. So I hope it was fun because I've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed this this entire time. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about at all? My mind just went blank. That, see, there it is. <laughs> we're just, we're just going to be driving now. We're see, driving. We'll see you on 30 <laughs> minutes. <It's> over. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yay, there's all my energy. It's yep. gone. Everything. Yep. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you said it all. Yes. I wanted to mention. <laughs> I wanted to mention the the Christmas Carol movie, and I got an opportunity to mention the Christmas Carol movie. And Boom. I had wanted to mention my anthology books and forgot why I was mentioning <laughs> anthology books. So. Books and things. Books and things. <laughs> my 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 profile for we just went to Slack um, as our main source of communication uh at work and so my profile on slack has my my picture in the break room and it says say what you do you know and i said i do things and stuff <laughs> in my little description of who i am i do things i do things and stuff that that would be a great bar name i yeah i do things and stuff let's go there <laughs> Oh, here's a good question. This is a good question. Mm. And I'm just going to throw it into there. But if I ever had the opportunity to open up a random business, I would want to have a bar where all of the songs that they did were from the 40s. The 40s? Yes. Why the 40s? Because I grew up in black and white movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, out of, out of the entire... Uh, Decade of songs in the 40s. Which one would you... Wouldn't mind having on repeat? But not repeat. Uh, Irene Dunn. Irene Dunn would be on repeat all the time. Let's see. I feel bad because I have no idea who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I am an unusual character. Mm. Once again, interesting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think about these things, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the little things that some people can pay attention to. It's like, I don't think I'm interesting at all. I think I'm pretty boring. And then somebody be like, <laughs> and somebody be like, oh, you dress up as Captain America? Like, yeah, like, that's cool. It's like, okay, I am a little interesting, I guess. <laughs> You're really cool. And then mm. you cosplay in these outfits with other people. Yes. Like, Yes. And you're selling yourself. I get it. You and I are like the same. Yes. We're just, you know, a male and female version. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I honestly wish more people would. I, I would love to do LARP. I would love yes. it. Yeah. Nobody around here gets it. I know. I'm going to Steampunk day uh for run fair on saturday the day that this is going to be airing i'll mm. be at run fair in mm. steampunk yes. so Somebody... part of me is thinking about going to uh to work on sunday night 
In steampunk. In steampunk. Okay, I don't even know how long we've actually been talking, to be honest. I don't have a timer. Well, it's almost... It's 4.42. We started at 3. <laughs> cool. Sweet. I'll take it. <laughs> Alright. This has been en- enjoyable. Yes. And- like I said, I... I, I could honestly have conversations like this throughout my entire days and never be bored. Right? It's it's like, you know, somebody wants to talk about the zombie apocalypse. I am all for it. Somebody wants to talk about God. I am all for it. Somebody wants to talk about superheroes. I am there. It's the boring conversations that get me where it's like, oh, did you hear on the news about the president doing this? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Watch the news. Yes. Like, I will, you know, I will answer, you know, I will talk about it, of course, if I've heard about it. But, like us, we are more interested in the creative aspect of life rather than the crap news that we got to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. That's <laughs> why I go to fantasy worlds in my head, because yes. real life sucks. <laughs> yes, it really does. So, before I do the closing, I do want to ask one more thing. Oh, two more things, because it depends on how you answer this first one. Have you ever been to Comic-Con? Been to a mini Comic-Con. Yes. Uh, a what? A mini Comic-Con? Oh, mini. Oh, okay. I just said a May Comic-Con. I was like, does that mean it was in May? No. <laughs> mini? Like it was little. <laughs> little. A, a, a mini Comic-Con. Okay, so what did you go as? Madness? Went as what? From Inside Out. Oh, okay. Okay. I caught the last part of that name. I was like, wait, what? And then as soon as you said Inside Out, got it. Yep, Aha. Sadness. I love sadness. that movie. Mm. I do. Mm. I love Sadness. Yes. Yes. Sadness. That, I don't care what anybody says that movie. Just like Firefly, it's, it should never stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I can talk about Firefly all day long, too. So... <laughs> I love, I loved Inside Out and Sadness because um, the toxic positivity is too much, and we have to accept <clears> the sucks. <throat> and I have empathy for everybody. Mm-hmm. I can always feel the energy in the building, like at work. Yes. So when everything's bad, I feel that. When everything is good, I feel that. I try to um, interact with like other people and feel out how they're doing um, before I interact with them. And some people it's just really easy to get lost talking to them. And some people it's like, okay, I haven't figured out what we are mm-hmm. and I will not talk to you because you don't want to talk to me. And so I don't. You know? yes. yes. And a lot of people do not know that being an empath is completely freaking draining. It is. Oh my, I'll walk into work. And if there's a bad vibe, I'm just, my social level is down. And you feel like you're a crazy person because you have no reason to be upset. And you don't know why everybody is upset. And you're trying not to get dragged into that. Yes, it sucks so bad. I I can, like, I walk in, I feel it. And I'm like, okay, something's up. I go to my boss. And I'm like, everything okay? Okay. And then here comes the story of something that went wrong and everybody's pissy or irritating. I'm like, that's why I feel like crap right now. Mm. And then you're trying not to get dragged into it on your yeah. own. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then and, and and what sucks the most is it follows you home. Yeah. And it's horrible. It does. It does. Mm. But yes, you know we could actually have another conversation about that at another time, about being an hey. empath. <laughs> we will do we will do another episode down the road about being an empath. <laughs> Cause that right. that alone is worth a movie. Yes. Jeez. And a lot of people a lot of people think it actually is crazy that someone can feed off of somebody else's vibes. But it's actually not crazy. It'll literally t- literally <laughs> It will literally tear you down. It really, really does. Yes. Because you're like, I am worked up. Why am I worked up? I don't have anything to be worked up about, but I am worked up right now. <laughs> yes. I just woke up, got dressed, and went to work. What the hell is going on? Yeah. yeah. That's yep. Oh, man. Well, I do believe that should be it for this episode of Creator's Dementia. Did you like it? Did you have fun? I, I did. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> so, yes. This is Dana Woods, a.k.a. Lady of the Woods. Now you know why we call her that. And as literally her, I, I did it again. I said literally, I'm done. I can't talk anymore. I'm done. <laughs> uh, that is her character in Tales from Quillandia, and that is also her persona. Yes, so. my fault. Oh, and before I do the complete closing, Tell them the title of your story in Tales from Quillandia. You might have, yeah, pull the book out. It's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember. What did I call it? Mm. I called it, There's a First Time for Everything. Boom. Say, now then, say if, if any of you have not read the book, it's a first time for everything. Read the book. Here we go. So many great authors are in there, and it's literally amazing, and it's pure fantasy. I've never written fantasy before until that story, but of course I did incorporate my apocalypse fetish with it, but you know, (laughs) but it's fantasy. (laughs) It's very apocalyptic. I don't understand what's wrong with me. (laughs) Everything I do is (laughs) is the last story in the book and I love it because it's apocalyptic and it's literally the end of the book. Yeah. I love that Tyler put it there. <laughs> I did that. I I wind you up. You did that. Yes. Ooh, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Just learned something new, and that yep. book that book's been out for almost a year. Yeah. Yep. It'll be a year. We should have a party. Yes. What was we it? Should find out what our sales were. Yeah. Uh, was it September fifteenth? Is that right? Somewhere in the, somewhere between five and twelve. I don't remember what specific. Okay. I couldn't remember. I know I got a picture of it somewhere on my Facebook, but I could not remember. Yeah. Where did I get the fifteenth from? I don't know, but it's it's one of those days. Something's going to happen on September fifteenth. That's what it is. Okay. Something's going to happen. All right. My name's going to be put on New York's bestseller list. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yes that is all for this episode of creators dementia interview with dana woods author of a book that's coming out at some point the dragon child author of 
uh, First Time for Everything, a story inside Tales from Quillandia. Author of a story in the Den of Thieves. I don't know what it's called, so go ahead. Oh, let's say that again. Couldn't hear it. I'm sorry. There you go. The Precious Jewel. The Precious Jewel. And yes. Didn't you have another book in your hand? I did, yeah. That one is called Greedy Gamble. Greedy Gamble. Yeah. And where can they find all of your work right now? So right now, uh, most of my available stuff that you can get is on onlybyyourblood.wordpress.com because I put uh, my my creative writing, my my poetry. Um, I have a mini two mini series that I started um, that ended up on there. They're not they're very neglected because the last couple years have been difficult personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the these two books are out of print. Mm. So you can only get them if I send you an exclusive PDF. Um, oh. And then at some point, I want to, you know, republish the stories. Um, the, the Den of Thieves story, A Precious Jewel, The Precious Jewel, um, is a bigger story that I started expanding on, which is terribly fun. Um, I want to eventually finish that. I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> Another one of the perks of being a writer. So we have all these ideas and yeah. they don't all get out there. No, and it sucks. It does. I really, really <laughs> I really wish I could find my third grade story about the turkey, the witch, and the magician. Oh, that sounds fascinating. I love that story, but I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> first, first short story I ever wrote. And it was like one page long. Okay. okay. I, was th- I was in third grade. Right. I, tra- I tried. But yes, that is all for this episode of Creators Dementia. Interview with Dana Woods. I know I said it many times and I'll say it many times again just so you all know exactly what I'm talking about so you can go find her. Do you have any blogs or anything out there besides books that you would want people to pay attention to? I know you got your maps and I will put that link down. Uh wherever I can put it because I know there's descriptions and there's comments and stuff like that so it will be down there but is there anything else you want people to notice buyyourblood.wordpress.com that one yes, I, yes. I, I know you said buy your blood and I'm just like uh <laughs> you're like what are you talking about now who's bleeding I don't know am I bleeding I don't know yeah. <laughs> but yes thank you Dana for this this has been awesome and hopefully I can have you back because, like I said, we're going to talk about empathy at some point. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll totally be back. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about personality types and we'll talk about empathy, and it will be a great experience. There we go. Is there any final words or advice that you would like to give to the handful of listeners I possibly have? Be awesome. Stay awesome. There's only one of you. Say. It's it's been said here first, so you heard it here first. That means you got to take that information with stride and use it in your daily life. Yes. <laughs> I actually changed my name on my phone because instead of Siri or Alexa, I've got Bigsby, and I, I hey. have, it, it's called Bigsby. I have no idea where it came from, but I have them. I have that little AI calling me Awesome Sauce just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> but that is all we have for today. 
Thank you very much for listening. God bless. Have a good weekend. I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. There will be more to come. I have hopefully more interviews lined up. So maybe it won't just be me talking all the time and you guys won't get so bored as I say you probably do. But you got to admit, it's pretty fascinating to hear. Thank you all very much. Have a good weekend. Uh, Look, I'm a zombie.